630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, good evening, you beautiful people. How are you doing today? Rangers and Lightning getting ready to face off in Game 5 of the East Final. The series is tied 2-2. The Colorado Avalanche sitting there saying, beat each other's brains in and then come to Denver for Game 1 sometime next week of the Stanley Cup Final. The Edmonton Oil Kings, one win away from the Western Hockey League Championship. They can wrap it up Saturday at 7 at Rogers Place. Dramatic victory last night. The Oil Kings had to, the good old saying, battle through some adversity in that game. A player getting injured, a pretty good effort from the Seattle Thunderbirds, but the Oil Kings figure it out. Their head coach, Brad Lauer, is going to join us in about uh, 10 to 15 minutes here on Inside Sports. Evander Kane, currently of the Edmonton Oilers, at least until he officially becomes a free agent in the middle of July, posted a message on his social media accounts today. Here is what he wrote. Thank you to all the fans who supported me this year. To everyone who doubted me, I thank you as well. To my Oilers teammates, I appreciate each and every single one of you for welcoming me in and embracing me in such a genuine way. I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to play with such a committed, hardworking, and loyal group of men. The Edmonton Oilers are a first-class organization with such great staff from top to bottom, and I thank them for giving me the opportunity to play for such a historic franchise. To the fans of Edmonton, I thank you for treating my family and I with such kindness and respect. Thank you, and he signs it with the number 91. So that is what Evander Kane posted today. I know that's been the subject of much debate. Well, what did he mean? Wait, what, does this, is, this, is this a goodbye? What's going on? Does this mean he's not going to think about staying? Well, we're going to find out. I understand the tone of that might seem to suggest, well, I just don't think I'm going to be back in Edmonton, so I wanted to post this. Or it could just be a guy saying, Hey, the season ended. I was in a pretty lousy place when they signed me. Things went pretty well. It was fun. I want to say thank you because I don't know if I'm going to be back or not. So it depends how you want to look into that. Uh, I tend to look at it maybe not more optimistically, but more uh, with more of uh, open-endedness that ultimately we can't know what's going to happen until it actually happens. But but I get it. Uh, does it have somewhat of a farewell tone to it? Uh, yeah, maybe, and we know realistically it's going to be pretty hard for the Oilers to keep Evander Kane and get him in under the salary cap if he's looking to get you know around $8 million. So that's what he posted today. Let's just flash back to what he said at his uh, year-end media availability a couple of days ago when he asked uh, what will go into his decision about his next team. I mean, I'll go back to you know when I was uh, in a similar but very different situation a few months ago. Um, where I was had the opportunity to kind of pick where I wanted to go, and I, Edmonton was interested in me, and I was interested in them. And um, you know, the way I looked at it is, you got two of the best players in the world. You got a team that uh, you know wants to win now and is primed to win now. And um, you know, I think uh, me joining it has a great opportunity to win. Um, I'm happy to say that you know we had some success um, doing that, and. I think moving forward, obviously, there's um, there's a lot of things that factor into a decision. Uh, I've been very happy with uh, my time here. The fans have been phenomenal. The people in the city have been phenomenal. Um, 
this has got to be the best organization I've played for. Um, so uh, I have no complaints, and um, you know, just like everybody else, I'm sure is looking forward to seeing what happens. All right, so that's what he said two days ago. I read you what he wrote today. Ken Holland said yesterday uh, that he when Holland spoke yesterday, he had yet to have his exit meeting with Evander Kane. The contract discussions would happen more with the agent. So there we go. Well, that's uh, one of the big storylines here. Maybe that's the biggest storyline, at least in the short term for the Oilers here in the offseason. Free agency pushed back to, uh, when is it this year? July 14th. The draft is the uh, 7th and 8th of July because the Stanley Cup Finals, well, the Stanley Cup Final could go right until the end of June, depending on when it starts. So uh, anyway, that's this is a little bit there on Evander Kane. I, I think regardless of, of whether they have Kane back or not, you look at some of the situations with the Oilers and and how they build on what they did this year, and uh, hopefully our team will once again be solidly in a playoff spot and then do some damage in the playoffs. They are going to need some younger players to contribute. We saw strides this season from Ryan McLeod. I thought he had a pretty good playoff. Is he going to be able to finish a few more plays and maybe become a little bit more physical as he gets older? I think that's the storyline for him. I think with Kyler Yamamoto, you kind of know what he's going to get. Unfortunately, he got hurt. I know I still hear from some fans who say he's too small, too small, too small, can't have him on the team. And uh, I suppose their point of view was justified that he got hurt during the Colorado series and couldn't finish it. I thought he played pretty hard when he was on the ice, and when he gets on a a hot streak scoring-wise, he can chip in a few points. Yes, he pulled the We talked about him yesterday on the show. Huge wild card to me. Uh, very inconsistent season. It, it does some good things and does some things that are are downright clumsy at times. I, I'm and Ken Holland said yesterday on Pulley he has to figure out if he's part of the solution here for the Oilers and if it's just going to work with him here uh, here in Edmonton. And then you look at Dylan Holloway, hopefully on the team next year, maybe not at the start of the year, maybe partway through the year. Philip Broberg on the back end, that's an important defenseman and, and some other prospects coming, whether they're here or uh, next year or in two or three years from now. But the thing that's interesting with how the Oilers are put together, and we expect that next week, Jay Woodcroft is going to be announced as the permanent head coach of uh, the Edmonton Oilers. He was on the interim tag ever since he took over in February. I can't see why he wouldn't be back. Uh, Ken Holland said that they're going to have talks Monday or Tuesday of next week. So as I said on last night's show, maybe by this time next week, we're having a news conference to tell you about with Woodcroft being signed to possibly a three-year deal to coach the Oilers. But he, you know, he he certainly knew a lot about Yamamoto coming up, uh, about McLeod and some of those other younger players. And uh, Woodcroft commented on having relationships with these Oilers up and comers. Yeah, I think the players you mentioned, and based on my experience in Bakersfield, um, I have shared experience with a lot of the players um, in our organization. So it's not um, it's not about seeing them for three, three preseason games and making an immediate judgment uh, based on just only on what you see. You have a shared experience. I think, um, you know, you, you mentioned Ryan McLeod. Um, one of the things when we first came up, Dave and I, we knew that Ryan McLeod was an elite penalty killer in the American Hockey League. At the time, the penalty kill was taking on a little bit of water from December 1st till February 10th or 11th or whatever it was. 
based on our knowledge of what he could do at that level, that informed some of the decisions that we made in terms of his his elevation of penalty kill ice time. Uh, same thing with Kyler Yamamoto in that situation. So that's an example of how your experience with that player allows you to make some informed decisions. Um, for me, with those players, I not only have shared experience with them, but they have shared experience with me. And so they're very clear on what expectations are. They understand that um, I value being tough-minded on standards of performance. Um, and I think they would, could attest that I have a keen understanding of how people operate. And, I, and that's a core tenet of my coaching philosophy. Um, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a blend of both. Yeah, so who steps in next year for the Oilers, right? Or, or obviously, they're going to be trades to be made. Them. There will be free agent signings. Uh, are they going to be able to bring Evander Kane back? Personally, I think it's it's unlikely that he's an Edmonton Oiler next season. And I'm not just basing that on the post. I'm basing that on what he's probably going to want to be paid and what the Oilers can afford to pay him given some of the other contracts they have. So anyway, we move into the offseason discussing things like that when it comes to the Oilers. And uh, you can discuss them with me as well. If you like, the hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email inside sports at 630ched.com. Drama for the Oil Kings last night. Their head coach, Brad Lauer, coming up next. Left wing corner, 15 seconds left to the blue line. Kubitschek rolling puck. Wrist shot won't get through. Another chance for Kubitschek. Good job to hold the line. His shot dumped to the right wing corner. Eight seconds to go. Williams is shot off a of body. Going to come to the blue line down. Hanyuk can drive. He scores! Logan Del Hanyuk with 3.5 seconds to go. Puts Edmonton back in front. And the Edmonton Oil Kings make the Seattle Thunderbirds pay for the late icing. And Logan Del Hanyuk, the biggest goal of his WHL career. That was Andrew Peard with the call on oilkings.ca last night. Logan Dalhaniak, the winner for the Oil Kings. They take game four in Seattle, and they lead the best of seven WHL championship series, three games to one, and they can win the title on home ice on Saturday, 7 o'clock at Rogers Place. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the show the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer. Brad, uh, I know it's a busy time of year for you, travel day and everything. Thanks for hopping on. Logan yep. Dalhaniuk, uh <laughs> doesn't always get the headlines on your team, but he gets them now. Tell me about this young man. No, you know, he's been very good for us uh, throughout the playoffs. He's probably the guy, you're right, he doesn't get enough uh, uh, noticed enough, you know, with the way he plays. I think being a lot of it because obviously the other type of defense that we have, but um, he's been a big physical guy in our, in our blue line here, this, this series, especially. And, you know, he's a big part of our group. Um, you know, he goes against top, top line, shutting them down, um, uh, being physical. He plays all, all, you know, special teams, power play. Um, he kind of goes unnoticed, but that was unbelievable what he did last night. All right. So for, for you coaching in the final minutes of a tie game, you know, yeah. final five or six minutes. Are you coaching the same way 
you always do? Are are you a little more uh, mindful of overtime coming up? I'm wondering your approach with that. Well, you know that you know last night was a uh, difficult game for our group. It's back to back. We 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 had some injuries. We put a lot of minutes on a lot of guys on on, on game three. So we had a lot of tired guys, and and you know last night's game was was one of those where. Um, I wasn't really. I don't really try to coach to protect the lead or or to get into overtime. But last night I was kind of thinking that a little bit because just the way we were playing a little bit and and, and some of the minutes some of our bigger guys have played and um, you know that they took an icing there and I was I was going to call a timeout and I I talked to Luke and he says you know what they're tired on the ice so uh, we went with a fresh line and went with with the Demix line and. You know, I didn't. I, we we kept our time out, and uh, it worked out for us there. So it was very exciting times for sure. All right. Well, and it it paid off. Unfortunately, yeah. there was a, a tough moment earlier in the game. Brandon yeah. Cooney took a, a a really big hit. It, it was uh, you know an illegal hit. The player who committed the hit was thrown out of the game. How is Cooney yeah. doing? Yeah. No. He 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 came back with us. He came back. He was released from the hospital last night after the game. Obviously. Um, little, he's, he's, he has a concussion. Um, you know, he's he was a bit much better. It was good to see him walking around after the game, but um, still feeling the effects from the hit for sure. But uh, he came back with us with us today, and again, he'll be reevaluated on a day to day basis with us. But um, it was just good to see him see him back with the group group where he needed to be, and and we were able to bring him home today. How hard is it? How did your team handle it? reacting to the delay a player a teammate going off on a stretcher and then getting right back into the flow of it did you notice any of a of a step back where the team needed to yeah. kind of, uh, regroup a little bit yeah you know it was, it was a difficult time obviously with our group and and you know you never want to see a team a teammate leave the ice on a stretcher i would never mind get hurt but just the way you leave the ice too and and um, you know, it, it, it was a while. It took a while. So there's there's a lot of guys saying a lot of good things. Um, you know, we kind of have a little saying, next man up. Um, you know, that's kind of been our, our, our saying all year long with obviously some of the injuries we've gone through and obviously with the sicknesses of guys being in the lineup and stuff like that. You know, our guys, our veteran guys have kind of just said next man up. And, um, you know, we, our thoughts are still with, with Cooney for sure. But, um we just, you know, guys are just saying the right things on the bench. And I, I thought, you know, again, I didn't think last night was our, our strongest game for sure, but I thought we we did a lot of good things. And, and, you know, the most important thing was, you know, we talk a lot about feeling the fatigue and, and going through fatigue and um, understanding that it's going to happen when junior hockey with the travel and stuff like that. But uh, it's all about finding your way uh, through that, that fatigue level. And I thought our guys did a really good job and eventually we were able to get the game winner. I know coaches love being asked about injuries in the playoffs. Yeah. Is, is there an update on Dylan Gunther's status for Saturday? Yeah, you know, he's he's day-to-day. Um, he, he's, he's day-to-day, um, so we're going to reevaluate him again. He was at the rink today. Um, you know, we'll do it again tomorrow, see if he can get on the ice, and then uh, we'll just, we're just kind of going day-by-day, day, making sure we're doing the right things for him and, and moving forward. And uh, I want to ask you one more on a bit of a different yep. note. My next guest coming up after the 6.30 news is Trey Fix-Wolanski. Oh, yeah. Who, uh, your first year with the Oil Kings was his final year with yep. the team when he put up 102 points. Uh, what, what are your, some some of your memories about Trey? Well, I think one thing with Trey is he was a driver of our team that year. I mean, obviously, I, when we came in, the team went through a, 
he went through a tough tough season before of losing those games and obviously uh, it worked out very well for our organization being able to draft Jim Dillon Gunther their first overall in the WHL Bannon draft um, but unfortunately you know a credit to, to to Trey though um, I thought he did a, I thought he played unbelievable for us he was a very he's an energy guy he's got a lot of talent skill ability plays at a high pace plays in the hard areas um, I just like the way he competed and and um, he pulled guys into the game, which I thought was uh, was huge for us. And not only that, just the leadership, the leadership uh, qualities he had for us. Um, you know, to believe what we wanted to do, especially being new coaches coming into the organization. Uh, he bought in right away. When he buys in, you know, you have, your other guys are buying in, and it made it fairly easy for us as, as the season went along. Yeah, right on, Brad. Thanks for the update. Great win last night. Go get it on Saturday. Really appreciate it. Great, thanks, Reed. Brad Lauer, head coach of the Oil Kings. Saturday at 7, they can win the WHL with a home game against Seattle. And Trey fix is up next. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.